be here. So many that are sick. I got a text just before us getting up from Tara. And she wants us to really pray for Ruth. They took her this morning. She's run a fever for several days. And uh, they took her this morning to the urgent care. And they think it might be that uh, intersusception where the bowel uh, telescopes on itself. And Trey had that when he was about that age. They sent her home. That kind of surprises me. Normally when Trey had that, they sent him straight to the hospital. But told her to keep an eye on it. If it didn't resolve itself in the next few hours, that she'd have to take her to the hospital. And they'd have to do that barium enema and get that. So she wanted the church really to pray that uh, that would resolve itself today, okay? And so let's remember them. Then we got several with COVID right now. You know, it's just the way it is, the way it's going to be all winter long. And uh, we'll just worship with who shows up, amen? And uh, I'm glad to be here this morning. Appreciate the Lord today. John chapter number six. And uh, try to share with you my heart this morning, the burden for the message. Uh, we're in John. I'm, I, I just got my mind in John. Uh, on Wednesday night, we started a series of messages out of John 4, where I'm going to preach on what is real worship. What does it mean to worship, really? And uh, just going to, the Lord's give us some thoughts. Well, I got to reading through and got over here in John 6, and uh, the Lord got to deal in my heart about some thoughts here in John 6. Just to give you a little background before we uh, read uh, the portion of Scripture, we're going to be in verses 66 through 71 this morning. Uh, But before we get to reading, a little background on John 6. There have been the feeding of the 5,000 that occurs in John 6. It's uh, I believe maybe the only miracle that is recorded in all four Gospels is the feeding of the 5,000. And perhaps, Brother Neil, more than any other miracle, the feeding of the 5,000 caused people to flock to the Lord. And so when we pick up our reading here in a minute, what we'll see is that the disciples have an unusual problem. And that is Jesus has become too popular. And there's this crowd that's following him. And uh, why are they following him? That's the question. Well, is it because they want their sins forgiven? Or is it because they want to know more about God? Is it because they want some spiritual truth? Well, the Lord tells us why they're following him. And there in verse number 26, the Bible said, Jesus answered them and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, You seek me not because you saw the miracles, but because you did eat the loaves and were filled. Here's what the Lord said. The Lord said, the only reason you're following in me is because I gave you bread and you want more bread. In other words, he said, uh, you're following me because you're interested in what I can do for you physically. And so there in John 6, the Lord launches into this Uh, dissertation on being the bread of life. And he says to them, he says, I'm the bread of life. You have to eat of my body. You're going to have to drink of my blood. And that crowd, when they heard that, Brother Neil, it was too much for them. And they turn back and they go away. 
the fact is that people want something to do with the Lord as long as he's doing something for them. But the instance that it seems like the well dries up, they all run off. When it turns from physical to spiritual, when the physical bread stops and Jesus starts talking to them about the spiritual bread, suddenly they want nothing to do with him. And that whole crowd, the Bible said, turned and went away. Jesus, with one message, run off all but 12 disciples. Hundreds left. You know, and I get upset when one or two don't come back on Sunday night. He preached a message and hundreds run off. All they were interested in, Neil, was that physical bread. You know, people love this, I called it this morning in my Sunday school class, country music Jesus. The whole world loves country music Jesus. That's the Jesus that loves the drinking man. And the Jesus that loves the partying guy. And you know, the Jesus that never says anything is sin. The Jesus that never points out that anything's wrong. Everybody loves that Jesus. But when it comes down to the nitty gritty of the word of God, there's a lot of people can't stomach him. They love that miracle work in Jesus. Oh, can I say this this morning? They love that Jesus that they can pray to when DeMar Hamlin's laying on a football field without a pulse. They love that Jesus that they can change all of their, uh, their the, the logos for the NFL teams to pray for DeMar. They love that Jesus. But that Jesus that is preached from the pulpits of America, they don't care for him. They like that one that can do something for them. But they don't want that one that's going to be spiritual. So they run off. Now when they did, Jesus asked them a very searching question. Here's what he said. He looked at them and he said, you go, will you two go away? He looked at them 12 that are left. He said, will you two go away? Peter said, where would we go? Now, I don't know about you, but I know me. I, I live in my body, and I know that from time to time, I've got to admit, there are times in my life where I feel like quitting. There's times when I feel like, well, I'm serving the Lord, I'm going to church. I'm living for God. I'm tithing. Why did this happen? Why did that happen? There's days in my life where there's been questions. I imagine some of you as well. I imagine that I'm not the only one. I think probably everyone has been there. Probably everybody in here this morning at some point You've thought, well, I'm serving God, but my family's falling apart. I'm serving God, but my health's failing me. I'm serving God, but financially, I'm drowning. Financially, I can't make it. Probably everybody in this building has thought that. And you know what the devil says in them times? 
He says, why don't you just quit? What's the use of serving a God when all that you've got is falling apart? Why don't you just quit? Others have. And really, for the lost, it's easy for them to quit. You see, the Lord said right here in verse 64, but there are some of you that believe not. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believed not and who would betray him. So there was some of this crowd, they didn't, this crowd that ran off, they didn't believe to begin with. For a lost person, it's easy to quit when it gets hard. But here's the truth of Scripture. Let's look at the heart of Peter. I want us to dwell in what Peter said right here in verse number 68. The Bible said, then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Here's my thought for this morning. Where would we go? (laughs) The devil says to people, why don't you quit? He points out all that's going wrong in your life. And he says, somehow he convinces us that all that's God's fault. So he says, why don't you just quit? Just quit. But the fact is, it's all a bunch of smoke and mirrors. Because for somebody that's really saved by the grace of God, there's no place to go. Where would you go if you quit? What's the option? That's what Peter said. Peter said, quit, (laughs) leave, where would we go? There's no place for us to, I don't know where we'd go, Lord. I don't know, I don't know. In other words, here's what Peter's saying. Where would we go? There's nobody like you. (laughs) Ain't nobody like you. Oh, you could allow the devil to convince you to lay down your Bible, quit church. I'd fix everything. You could quit church. You could quit reading your Bible. You could quit praying. But where are you going to go? What are you going to do? Have you ever stopped and thought about it? Peter said, we're in this thing too deep. There's no place for us to go. In other words, if you're saved, even if you quit reading your Bible, even if you quit praying, even if you quit even if you quit going to church, there's something down on the inside of you that would not leave you alone. <laughs> I was teaching through it in Hebrews 10 this morning about forsaking not the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is. Even so much the more as you see the day approaching, Peter said, or Paul said. And you know what he was telling that to a bunch, Brother Neil, that was about to face Nero's chopping block. They were about to face the lions. They were about to face the stake of burning. And you know what Paul said? He said, keep going to church. Keep being faithful. Why? Where would you go? What is there to do? Peter said, we've got no place to go. There's nobody like you. I'll give you two quick thoughts. Number one, there's nobody like him when it comes to his word. Look what Peter said. 
He said, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. He said, I don't know where we'd go, Lord, because you got the word. Uh, I don't know where we'd go. You got the words. In other words, if you was to quit, who would you turn to? How many times have you opened that Bible and the words of life spoke to your heart exactly what you needed to hear for that day? If you quit, where would you go to for that? Can you find that in a magazine? Can you find that on the TV? Have you ever, have you ever sat down and turned the TV on and there's been a show on and you've been like, boy, that really speaks to my heart. That was exactly what I needed to see today. Oh boy, I'm glad I got to see that. That really, no. But how many times have you opened that Bible and it been exactly what you needed. Now, if you threw in the towel and quit, if you listened to the devil, if you said, I'm done, I'll not go back, put aside that word, where would you go to for the words of life? It might just be important to you. Boy, I thank God for my King James Bible. Yes, boy, boy. So many times I've sat down in it Opened it up, and Brother Allen, nobody knowed what to say to me, but the Lord knew. Amen. I read a phrase this week out of the book of Genesis, dealing with, dealing with Jacob. Jacob said, all these things are against me. That's what he told them boys when they come back from Egypt. Just that one phrase, Jacob saying, all these things are against me. I'm going pre- to preach on that, so this is just a little foreshadowing. Jacob said, all these things are against me. But the truth was, all them, everything was finally working out in Jacob's life. He didn't understand it, but it was finally working out. But in Jacob's mind, he said, all these things are against me. Boy, God spoke to my heart through that. He said, you know, Bradley, sometimes it seems like everything's against you. But guess what? I'm working things out and you don't even know it. Where would you go to for help like that if you throwed your Bible down, quit reading your Bible? The devil says, forget it. It's not worth it. Throw in the towel. Peter said, where would we go? There's nobody like you in your words. (laughs) Then let me give you this other thought. Peter said, not only is there no one like you in your words, but he said, there's no one like you in your worth. Give me that next verse, verse 69. Look what, look what he said. And we believe and are sure that thou art that Christ, the son of the living God. You know what Peter said? He said, not only do you have the word of God, but you are it. You are that Christ. And if we quit, there ain't no other God to go to. (laughs) Is there another God out there somewhere that's going to hear and answer your prayers? Is there another God out there somewhere that's going to take care of you in the midnight hour? Is there another God out there somewhere that's going to comfort your heart when problems come? So why would we quit on the only one that really is true and living? Peter said, 
There ain't nobody like you when it comes to your worth. Two things, Lord. We can't leave you because you've got the word and the word is living to us and the word speaks to us and the word is changing us. But then we can't leave you because of your word. You are the Christ. You are. Can I remind you, thank God, he has been faithful in your life. He has come through again and again. I don't know what you're facing right now. I don't know what the devil's whispering in your ear. I don't know what kind of trouble is on the horizon. But the same God that took care of you yesterday will be the same God that will take care of you tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day. Don't quit. Don't give up. God said stay with it. Peter said I don't know where we'd go Lord. I wonder how many of you might have walked in this back door tonight this morning and you're about ready to quit. There's a lot of people quits without ever leaving church. You know, in the law enforcement world, they call it retired on duty. And there's a lot of people in their last 10 years of law enforcement, that's how they work. They work as retired on duty. They're showing up, but about all that they've got of them is a body because their heart ain't in it no more. There's a lot of people sit on the church pew that same way. I wonder how many of you this morning... In your mind and in your heart, you've quit. Oh, you'd never quit church because somebody jumped on you. You'd never quit church. And so out of habit, you continue to walk in those back doors and sit on that pew. But inside, inside, you've given up. I'm just preaching what the Lord laid on my heart. Inside you quit. Where are you going to go? You see, the problem is there's nowhere to go. That's the reason a Christian that quits is just empty and miserable. Because you never can be satisfied going back. There's something in you that's changed. You don't fit in in the world anymore. And when you, even when you try to go back and live the way you used to live, it's like, I don't even like that anymore. Because there's something inside of you that says, don't do that. I wonder how many ministries Brother Allen could have been saved if people would have just thought there's nowhere to go. There's a lot of, there's a lot of preachers that were good God-called preachers that have made a wreck because they thought they had some place to go. They tried to quit. They tried to leave. But now life is in a shambles because there was no place to go. There's families that have left our church. And when I say that, a lot of you know immediately it comes to your mind some of the families that have left our church did they have anywhere to go what has happened since they left one disaster after another disaster one shamble after another shamble why because they had nowhere to go that's the problem the devil wants you to concentrate on the act of leaving without thinking about the results of quitting. Where would we go? Peter said, Lord, I, I guess we'll just stay with you. Because I uh, don't know where we'd go. 
You've got the words of eternal life. And we believe and are sure that thou art the Christ. Son of the living God. I believe we'll just stay with you. You may have walked in here this morning. Get ready to give all recall. You may have walked in here this morning. Been thinking about it. I believe there's any reason going on. Maybe you've walked in here this morning in your heart. You done quit and you know it. You came today. It's a blessing. You're in the you're in the house of God. That's the right. You're doing the right thing. That's the right place to be. But inside, you know it. You know it. You've quit. Oh, you'd never quit church, but inside you've quit. Where are you going to go? Are you satisfied just being in limbo, being in nowheresville, being in between? Or would you like this morning to say, Lord, I got nowhere to go. I just want to get back where I need to be. The only place I've ever been satisfied. And that's following you. Maybe the devil's tempting you to quit. You want to get in this altar this morning and say, Lord, by your grace, I'm staying with you. I got no place to go. I got no place to go. Let's stand our feet. Father, we pray, Lord, that you touch hearts through the preached word of God this morning. Pray, God, that you do a work, Lord, in lives. Help us now as only you can, and we'll thank you for everything that's accomplished in Jesus' name. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. They're going to come sound the instrument. I wonder this morning if there'd be one that'd say, Preacher, today the message spoke to my heart. Oh, there's a lot of things on my mind, a lot of things that the devil will throw out at me, but I don't want to quit. I want to come this morning and tell the Lord I'm going to stay with it. These are coming, gathering around the altar. Maybe you feel like you've already quit inside your heart. You say, Preacher, this morning I want to come and rededicate my life to the Lord. I want to tell the Lord I... I want to tell the Lord I'm sorry and I want to live for you. Preacher, I don't want to give up. I don't want to throw in the towel. Where would I go? I got no place to go. These are gathering around the altar this morning. The altar's filling up. There's still room for you this morning. I got no place. You got no place to go. There's no place to go. Where would you go? Where would you go? Where would you go? The devil says quit. Jesus says stay with it. There ain't no place to go. There ain't no place to go. Lord, certainly we're thankful for the opportunity that you give us today to preach. We're thankful for these honest hearts that have gathered around the altar. Some of my dearest flock, Lord, some of my best friends. Lord, would you encourage their hearts today? Lord, I pray that you'd help them think about how there's no place to go. Lord, stay with you. God, don't allow us to quit while still being here. Lord, please don't allow me to be a preacher that's already quit. Oh, Lord. 
I don't want to be a castaway. I pray today in Jesus' name that you'd help us all to realize there's no place to go. And every time the devil would tempt us to quit or to kick out on you, I pray that these words today from this message would ring again and again in the hearts and the minds of the believers. There's no place to go. There's no place to go. Bless us and help us now as only you can. We'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. You stay till you get done. Well, I appreciate the